Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? What's going on, New York City? I am Rich Valdez, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City. Lincoln Project, voter suppression, impeachment, Dana Bash, climate change, and more. All of that. Keep it locked right here. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. We're still there. I know so many of you have given up on that because the president isn't there. But we have a message that we have to get out, and we can only get it out if you're there, you're listening, and you're sharing this stuff. Now, with respect to the Lincoln Project, man, so it turns out a couple of weeks ago, that guy, Ricky Vaughn, and his alias, whatever his name was, was arrested by the FBI. And again, I say, you know, look, the guy's a meme maker. I don't know if we need to prosecute meme makers per se. Their argument is that he did something wrong in suppressing people's votes. Now, I don't know about you, but I think there's a degree of buyer beware that's absolutely required. If somebody sends you a meme and it says, text Trump to 84567 or whatever it is for your vote to count, you've got to be kidding. That's like uh, from the movie Goodfellas, like a schmuck on wheels. You've got to be a schmuck on wheels to think that that's actually a thing. But again, if you don't, you know, if you're like, hey, well, you know what? They got me. I'm not a schmuck on wheels. All right. Look, I get it. I think we need to be like Reagan called for informed patriots. We have to be. And I got to tell you, Trump, I think, made that happen. Because of Trump, so many of us are way more versed in the Constitution, way more versed in the United States Code. People were figuring out all sorts of different ways to do things, something you didn't see before. But the Lincoln Project. So the Lincoln Project now is being scrutinized because of their ads that were misleading people to not vote. Now, the not voting I'm talking about is... The craziness that we were hearing when there was everybody calling, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's a rigged election. How could I ever vote again? It'll never be a fair election again. We're doomed. This pussification of Americans has to stop. And it was the Lincoln Project that was pushing so much of that propaganda. They don't want conservatives to vote. And for all we know, it worked. It worked in Georgia. It worked on Lynn Wood. And Lynn Wood's a guy, you know, I... I don't know him, but I've spoken with him one or two times over the telephone. Seemed like a a very smart guy. And again, on his face, that argument may appeal to some people. Doesn't appeal to me. I'm going to vote in every election, whether they're rigged or not. Well, then you're an idiot, Rich. No, I'm not. I mean, maybe I am, but not because of that. You see, I made this argument before and I'm going to make it again. If you get into a car accident on your way to work, doesn't mean that every time you go to work, you're going to get into a car accident, even if it was a staged accident. 
Even if it was a, a car filled with illegal aliens that wanted to run an insurance job on your insurance, it's not going to happen every single time. That's just a fact. President Trump challenged five, six, you know, seven states, eight states maybe if we stretch it really uh, all the way. But six states were the primary focus. And in particular, six counties within those six states. That's it. That leaves you with 44 states where there was no complaints from either side. And out of the 3,000 counties in America, and I'm estimating, you're talking about six counties that were severely problematic. Even if you double that to 12, this is not epidemic. I'm not saying that the, the election was fair and square everywhere. I'm not saying that there wasn't stealing going on. Hell yeah, I know there was. But what I am saying is that it was the Lincoln Project that put that idea out there that, you know, are you going to vote for more rhinos in a rigged election? And that's literally what they put out there in their tweets, in their ads. This is what they're talking about. And that's the problem. This is the problem. William Sweeney, the assistant director in charge of the FBI's New York field office, insisted that what this guy did, Ricky Vaughn, and his alias is Douglas Mackey, I forgot it before, was nothing short of voter theft. But a lot of people have questioned a lot of different things here and what's going on with the FBI, and I'm one of them. I, listen, I don't necessarily think that that was voter theft. Here's another example. Twitter verified comedian Christina Wong did a political sketch from the same election year. It's still online and posted to Twitter with over 680,000 views. Wong is in the icon... I'm reading to you, by the way, from the post-millennial, wearing a red Make America Great Again hat. And she told Trump supporters to also skip the poll lines and text in their votes. And this is from the 2016 election. And she says, text votes are legit or vote tomorrow on Super Wednesday. <laughs> Again, satire. I think, you know, it's, it's silly. It's like if you fall for that, then you don't deserve to vote, right? But this is what we're talking about. They're arresting a guy for this. And I think it's wrong. They're saying it's voter suppression. Now, the Lincoln Project stuff, again, is that voter suppression? I don't know. Maybe I don't understand voter suppression too well. Uh, but to me, I think if somebody tells you, hey, this is America. People have bled and fought and died in order to vote. Soldiers have put their lives on the line. And you're going to sit there and say, oh, because of a bad election, I'm never voting again? That's shame on you for being an idiot. That's not anybody else's fault but your own. The Lincoln Project wants to come out and say, why would you go back and vote in another rigged election? Don't vote for rhinos like Purdue or Leffler. <laughs> I mean, you, you, to me, there is no sense to that. The whole point of this thing is elections. And this is an argument that I've had going on with a family member of mine for quite some time. And I keep telling him, listen, this is about elections. All of the conspiracies with letters from the alphabet and this and all that, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is going to disappear once the election's over. You watch. And he was like, no, no, this is bigger than the election. I was like, it is bigger than the election, but it's not. Without the election, there is no master plan. Without the election, there is no second term. This is always about winning an election. And he constantly retorted with, no, 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 Richie, you don't understand. You just don't get it. This isn't politics as usual anymore. It's not business as usual. 
And I told him, even if it's not, which it is, it's just like business as usual on steroids. The corruption's more pervasive. It's just, you can't even swallow it. That's how much corruption there is. But here we are, February 2021. We didn't win the election. They went at it by hook or by crook. And by crook won. And that's the bottom line. We know they're cheaters. We have to do better. And I'm not faulting anybody. Trump did an amazing job. I'd vote for him again a hundred times, a thousand times. God bless him. Best president in my lifetime. Honest to God. Problem is people approach this like Trump was a savior. He was a president, not a savior. And I said that early on when people were like, how could you as you know, evangelical Christian, how could you support a guy like Trump? I said, because I'm not voting for a pastor or a priest. I'm voting for a president. And I think he's a damn good one. And he was a damn good one. And maybe once this impeachment drama goes by, he'll be a, a damn good one again. Should he? And I hate to take that opinion. I would love to sit here and go, oh, absolutely. The Lincoln Project, throw them all in jail. I think they suck. They're absolutely horrible. But this is what they told their followers to do. And I don't know that that amounts, amounts to voter suppression. Now, Jack Posobiec from One American News, here's a quote from him on Twitter. He says, Will Justice Department prosecute the Lincoln Project for their paid voter suppression disinformation campaign in the Georgia special election? Adding that even Facebook took down the advertisement after the propaganda was sent to hundreds of thousands of potential voters. Facebook removed the ad on January 4th when social media uh, folks at Facebook found out that the post violated their own community guidelines and advertising policies. And in an email to Newsweek, a spokesperson for Facebook wrote, we don't allow ads that delegitimize the outcome of the election. So we're rejecting these ads for violating this policy. Now, that to me sounds fair. And again, if you're going to say, well, Rich, so you think it's okay for Facebook to police it and you still don't think it's voter suppression? Yeah. I mean, I guess prove me wrong. You know, change my mind. I, don't, I think you should be able to say whatever you want. You know how many times it's been election day and I, uh, I tell people, Hey, listen, if you're a Republican, election day is tomorrow. It's Tuesday. But if you're a Democrat, it's the following day, Wednesday. Is that voter suppression? I mean, if it is, then sorry. I hope nobody from the FBI is listening and hope nobody comes to arrest me. But I've been doing that joking around as satire for years, many years. So again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've been a voter suppressor, but I don't think I have been. I think the bottom line here is the Lincoln Project sucks. And the way you beat them, you start a different project. Going at those guys, putting the truth out there. And it's and something, something we, we all have, have to take, take seriously. seriously. I, think I think every, every single, single person, person that's, that's listening, listening really, really needs to say, you know, you know what? what? It's time for me to get more involved. Maybe I need to start a pack. Maybe I need to support a candidate. Maybe I need to help somebody run for office, become a campaign manager. Whatever it is, we need to get more involved. You have to figure that out for you. I can't figure it out for you. I, I figured it out for me. I worked in higher ed. I worked in government. I realized I wanted to see a change in media. I became the change. I'm not telling you all to be like me. It was tough for me. It really was. And it's still tough for me. So I'm not highly recommending that you just drop everything. But that is a formula. Switch what you're doing and start doing something that you know will make a difference. Not just put food on your plate, feed your children, and give you shelter. I know it sounds rough. People don't like this advice. But it's exactly what the Democrats do. The left is, is this is what they do. They become teachers. They get into government. They get into every newsroom they can get into. And they have taken over the media. They've taken over the government. They've taken over every classroom. So you tell me who's winning and how are we going to fight that?
Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez. We are still here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. I want to talk about what happened with 20 million doses of the coronavirus vaccine. That's right. We talked about it. I teased it yesterday, but we didn't really uh, jump right into it. But Joel Baboso Biden and the, the witless Biden administration seem to be unable to track and respond to 20 million doses of the coronavirus vaccine. Now, this is pretty radical. I mean, by even by their standards, I think it's pretty difficult to say uh, that it's, you know, we lost it and that's okay. You know, that ha- that stuff happens. You know, things happen. Listen, it's my first day on the job here as president. And, you know, who doesn't lose 20 million doses? I can tell you who didn't lose them. President Trump. Matter of fact, He's the reason we have him, because he moved heaven and earth and held the proverbial fire to the feet of the CEOs. So now you look at that and you say, how, how does that happen? And how does the media just put out one or two stories? And this is not like the biggest thing in the world. You've got governors across the country that are all up in arms, flailing all over the place. What's going on? Why don't we have the vaccines that we need? Trump is a failure. This, that, and the third. Trump this, Trump that. And it turns out, Joe El Baboso Biden. That's right. The commander-in-chief himself in the White House. His team can't find these 20 million doses. And of course, they're going to play, um, you know, the blame game and try to shift the blame, try and get out of it. But the, the bottom line is they lost these. So I'm looking at this piece, New York Post. And the Biden administration insists that the program left by the Trump administration is in worse shape. This is a quote from the administration. It's in worse shape than we anticipated or expected. I mean, we've had this vaccine since December. He got in in January. So you're talking about a three-week turnaround where they had the vaccines, all the whole entire supply, some of it was sent out, the rest of it's available. To me, that sounds like a cop-out, but. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. It goes on. Biden, whose team has already come under fire for being unable to say how many shots the federal government has on hand. So they don't only not know where 20 million of them are. They also don't know how many they have. Has insisted that the vaccine program left by the Trump administration is terrible. The missing doses could substantially hamper his goal of vaccinating 100 million Americans in the first days. Now, wouldn't uh, first 100 days, wouldn't that be really rich? That Biden says, we're going to put vaccines in the arms of Americans. 100 million Americans will be vaccinated in my first 100 days. And it sounds so grandiose and fantastic. And then he's going to mess it up and he's going to blame Trump. I mean, I just find it remarkably uh, idiotic that he's even going to attempt to do that. 
if anything, Mr. Unity, Mr. Healing, he should say, you know what? We messed up. My bad, and we're going to fix it because the buck stops here. That's what they wanted Trump to do, right? That's what everybody said Trump had to do. He doesn't know how to say he's sorry, he's a bully, he's this, he's that, and he's the other thing. But not Joe El Baboso Biden. He, of course, is going to sit here and play the blame game. And I think it's entirely inappropriate. But that is the current status of what's happening. The vaccines are MIA. Now, once the doses are sent off by the feds, it's been, it's been left up to the states like the individual governors and their health departments to distribute. If you can't send them to the states because you don't have them on hand, the states, are, of course, are going to be up in arms. And that's probably why now we have our buddy in New York here, the uh, famed mayor of New York City, Bolshevik Bill, Bolshevik Bill El Bobo de Blasio. He is obviously saying that he's going to sue the administration or Cuomo is going to sue the administration if they don't get the necessary vaccines. And again, I just find it so rich. It's like, you know, you're the good guy, you're the good guy, you're the good guy. Oh, no, now you're the bad guy. Because this is a um, every man for himself type of game. And the person that loses out the most is we, the people. Which is why I always say when people criticize me, and I get criticized a lot, I take a lot of heat, uh, obviously, because uh, I've been a Republican for a long time, but it's not about Republicanism for me. It's really just about that's the closest match to the values that I have, my political beliefs. But a lot of people say things to me like, Rich, you know, how is it that, you know, you're uh, an American of Puerto Rican heritage and you can support conservatives? That's a disgrace. How could you? And I'm thinking, what's really a disgrace here? Me having free thought or this guy losing 20 million vaccines? Let's be real here. So clearly, people are just accustomed to saying things. And right now, this is the rhetoric you see. Now, the Democrats are going to be going against the Democrats because they want to have mass vaccination. And the reason they want that, not just public health, but principally, you can't say what Trump was saying all along, what Ron DeSantis has been saying in Florida, what so many Republicans are saying, we have to open the economy. You can't say that we have to open the economy if you've hyped up this huge public health disaster. Quick story I want to share with you. Over the weekend, I saw a buddy of mine that I hadn't seen in a while. He lives out in Queens. And for months, we've been talking about, hey, let's get together. Let's have breakfast. Let's meet up for coffee. And one day, and recently, in the last couple of months, maybe October, November, I see that he puts up a post that his grandmother, who raised him, was like a mother to him growing up, passed away. And she had gone to Ecuador. And he wasn't able to travel to Ecuador for the burial because of the COVID-19 restrictions on travel. And he was heartbroken. Obviously, he couldn't be there for her, couldn't be there with her, couldn't even be there to mourn her loss. And he was really upset. And of course, I wanted to see him and nobody could see him because, you know, he was in Queens and he was like, I just can't go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. He was, you know, trying to follow the guidelines that were set forth. And over the, on Friday, he sends a text and he's like, listen, sometime before I die, I need to see you guys. You guys are my boys. Let's go grab breakfast somewhere. So we met up on Saturday morning. We went for breakfast and we were talking and we were talking about telling him, yeah, you know, my, my, my company, we do um, weekly coronavirus testing and, you know, everybody takes it very seriously, just distancing, et cetera. And he's telling me, yeah, he works on a job site. He's an electrician. And he says, you know what? On my job site, as far as Corona goes, we, we only have to get tested if we violate, you know, the travel restrictions or whatever it is, what have you. So 
we get to a point and he looks at me and he says, you know, I went to the doctor and he told me I was good. I didn't have it, you know, negative, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, thank God. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, what's interesting is that it seems like nobody dies of the flu anymore because he was complaining that he felt sick. So he went to the doctor and they said, whatever you have, it's not coronavirus. And he said, you know, the doctor told me the same thing. And he, he told him, I, uh, I hope it's not the flu. And the doctor said, nobody gets the flu anymore. And he said, I didn't know what that meant. And that's probably a topic for an entire segment, if not an entire show. But one of the things I think that's interesting is that the dramatic decrease in the rate of influenza vac- um, infections that's occurred. And even the CDC's put out the information saying that, you know what, it's not that influenza has disappeared. It's that they're label everything as coronavirus and there's such overlap that everything ends up being counted as coronavirus. And if you drill down in their own data, it'll tell you that the actual amount of solely coronavirus deaths is dramatically way lower than these numbers that are being thrown all over the place in the media. But that's what they do. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I'm going to give you the phone number one more time, uh, 800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. And I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about the stats that just came in over the weekend where we now know that the coronavirus stats uh, for dining and this and that are drastically lower than we thought they were. So people should be opening them up. And we also have stats on who's getting tested and and vaccinated. And it seems that just like the media claimed that the virus was racist when it was affecting more blacks and Hispanics than anyone else, it seems that now even the vaccine is racist. So keep it locked right there. When we come back, we're going to talk about everything related to the coronavirus vaccine. Keep it locked right there. You're listening to This is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. We were talking about the coronavirus, about the vaccine, about all of the shenanigans that are going on with the Democrat politicians here in New York. And it's interesting. I'm looking at this piece again, uh, New York Post, and I teased it in the previous segment. Health Mayor de Blasio is all up in arms. So is Governor Cuomo. Governor Cuomo wants to shut down businesses, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But right now, there's a quote right here from Mayor de Blasio, and he says, the information that we have shows a clear disparity. And this was at a City Hall press briefing saying that what we see is a particularly pronounced reality of many more people from white communities getting vaccinations than folks from black and Latino communities, end quote. So of the 297,166 adult New York City residents to receive at least one of the two-dose vaccine the demographic data shows that 48% of them are white. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's what it is. So 10% of the recipients who provided their race identified as, quote, other, end quote. Now, 40% of the vaccine recipients didn't provide racial data. Well, I would say that in and of itself makes this a very, very skewed uh, data point, to say the least. The differences are even starker among senior citizens who are among the most susceptible. And it goes on, you know, vaccine recipients that are 65 and older provided racial data. 58% of them were white compared to 13% Latino, 11% Asian, 9% black. So 
if we take that apart, and again, I'm just doing this kind of anecdotally based on my experience, giving you my experiential view of my opinion on this data. To just presume that we have a problem. If I go outside my house and I go, hey, lemonade stand, lemonade, a dollar a cup. And I, for whatever reason, I decide to say I sold 100 cups of lemonade. And now I'm going to say the first, you know, I don't know, the first 50 cups broke down to about 25 white guys, three Asian guys. I mean, I don't, we don't do that, but the government loves to do that. If I look at that data and I say, well, it seems based on this, it looks like we might actually have a problem on our hands because I didn't sell enough lemonade to people from the Hispanic community. Asians are also lacking in their lemonade consumption at my lemonade stand. Well, of course, I think if you have any sense, you look at that and you go, well, there's so many reasons why that could happen. It doesn't mean that my lemonade is racist. It doesn't mean that that it, we're doing this on purpose, that my lemonade is somehow something that offends those people. You have to really look at so many reasons why these things could happen. Number one, overall, when it comes to health, how often do minorities really take it as seriously as they ought to? I'll raise my hand. Ding, ding, ding. I am correct, right? Because I know the answer. Not that often, not as often as possible. This is why if you go on the American Cancer Society website and you look at what's going on there, you'll see that cancer has a disproportionate effect on a lot of communities of color. And why? Why is that? Is it because of anything other than they don't take it seriously? Yeah, it, it, several things. Some of it is genetic. Some of it is the rates of education. So if you don't know this stuff is going to kill you or how serious you need, how seriously you need to take it, you kind of tend to ignore it. I'm going to look at my dad as an example. My dad was a relatively healthy guy who did have kidney disease. But outside of that, he was a healthy guy and he lived to 80 years old despite his ailments. And I would tell my dad, hey, dad, you're eating too much roast pork shoulder, pernil, too much pernil. And he would say, ah, forget about it. That's okay. <laughs> he didn't care. Meanwhile, some other people would be like, oh, I better lay off of that because, you know, I might clog my ticker because they know better. They may know their family history or medical history better. There's a lot of things. Educational attainment levels come into play. So not everything is just the fact that my dad was a brown guy and that you know, the, the pork shoulder that he was eating was racist and out to get people that are black and brown. And for some unfortunate reason, the media seems to love this stuff. They absolutely love it when people of any particular color go to anything. To me, we look at this stuff and it all comes down to the bottom line. We can't abuse the system. We can't get this data and try to paint the picture that all of a sudden everything has to do with race. We can't look at this and say, you know, just because the BLM movement was portrayed by the media as something saying that, yes, black, the lives of black human beings matter. Yeah, of course it matters. And, and the life of every human being should matter if we take the mantra that Dr. Martin Luther King carried saying that, you know, Abraham, Martin, and John, and it was all about unity, you know, whether you're black, white, yellow, Latino is how the speech went. He was trying to say that we all have rights and because our rights are human rights bestowed upon us by our creator, that people would look at us based on the content of our character, not the color of our skin. But it seems today so many in the on the left have gone into a movement where they focus on that. They want to focus on the color of the skin 
not the content of character. That's why this is a problem today. This is why we have so much uh, tension because you have former presidents like Barack Obama who would uh, give speeches and literally tear the country in half based on his rhetoric. Rhetoric that, in my opinion, just hurts us, doesn't help us. This is problematic, very problematic. Nobody wants to deal with that. Nobody wants to admit that the BLM organization was a, a like a radical Marxist group where Biden can't continue to focus on race. We can't continue to allow the media to prostitute the, the mission of the civil rights movement, you know, covering up for BLM, saying that Black Lives Matter is some sort of peaceful, unifying group. And we know that they set, you know, 15 cities on fire this summer, attacked federal court buildings, were in bed with Antifa and stand to destroy the nuclear family. That's something that hurts every American, in particular Americans that are black, in particular Americans that are brown. And that's it for today. Like I always say, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. That's Hamilton. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to just sit there and do nothing. And that's Sir Edmund Burke. So it's time for you to stand up to rise up. America needs you now more than she's ever needed you. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, America. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 